Welcome back to the Bench Press Podcast. I'm your host, Bennett Snyder. To my right, we got Wesley Stepman Minky. We're back. Across from me, Cameron Robertson Crob. What up? And to my left, our producer, Tim Conway. What up, boys? Let's get into our sponsors. We partnered with a company called Neverest. They created the first ever portable foam rolling pad. We've got ours. Our athletes have theirs. Wes, why do we partner with this company? Because here at Bench Press Media, we never rest. And together, we will roll, roll the, the world. world. But, Crab, we have another one. Yeah, we do. And we never, never forget them. We never forget them. Tell never, me a little ever. bit about them. Max's Meals, people. You know, we've been preaching it since day one of this podcast. Been here since the beginning. Day one. Bench Press Media Athlete, Max Meyer. Great people. Great cause. Great charity. It's great charity. Great cause. Great people. But, you know, it's I it's can cool. say it in whatever order it's we cool. please. They it's all cool. three are the same. I actually trademarked it. That's the only reason oh, I was a little worried about I it. I didn't see the paperwork. Yeah. I know. It, it got lost on my desk. It's cool. It's cool. Max's Meals. Great, Cherry. Check it out. Website is bumping now. Max has been working really hard on that, and we appreciate when our athletes who represent our brand work hard in their outside lives. Max's Meals is a great cause. So if you tuned into our last episode, it was a great one. Casey Crawdaddy Crawford Mm. was in studio. The GOAT. And let me tell you, he privately off-air promised us that he was not going to be a square in direct quotes there that's correct i believe he correct. said it multiple times too it wasn't like a one-time thing and he lived up to it he lived up to the hype definitely absolute did. opposite of a square we got some great inside scoop on the ohio men's basketball program and you know what i'd say it paid off because let me tell you let's move forward into what was that tuesday night yeah because it is wednesday yeah. Yeah, tuesday what night we've been spending our week doing yep tuesday night so Wes, we created a sign, or we, with help from our great friend Maddie. Yes. We created a sign. We did. Let's remind our listeners what did that sign say? Uh, on one side, it said Vanderplas Carter 24, presidential campaign, basically. Yep. We're, we're, we're starting them early. Absolutely. Um, Not too early. And then on the other side of it, it said Schmock equals flamethrower. That is what it said. And, Krob, we've said it before. What's something we don't believe in here at Ben? We Rest don't Mountain? believe in coincidences, people. We, Everything happens for a damn reason. There's no coincidence. We absolutely we don't believe in them. So, let's jump into Tuesday night's game against Simu. Oh. Tommy Schmock, a career high twenty-three points and a career high seven three-pointers, both at Ohio University. On of course, fifty percent shooting. We haven't figured out the Finley stats, but we know at Ohio probably University, probably a bucket there too. Those are both career highs Ain't for no him. Probably, yeah. And Ain't we no for problem. sure know Tommy Schmock knew about the sign going into the game. Oh, big time. He saw it in pregames. And let me tell you, every time Tommy Schmock hit a three, all you could see was Crawdaddy with his big old whiteboard behind the bench point right up to <laughs> us because he knew the energy was in the building. He was, knew where to find it. It was a good time. I'm not going to lie to you. It was fun. Crawdaddy, Crawdaddy was hyping up his roommate. He Every time Tommy Schmock, when he pulled from 40, that one time Crawdaddy hit like a smelling salt yeah. celebration. Oh, like, yeah. Ah. Hey, I mean, honestly, though, the fact that uh, Schmock didn't go eight threes, 24 points, imagine how lit that would have been. He went just all threes. That would have been such a flex. It would have been. However. But his layup was uber important. It was uber important, uber important. Because that's not all with the sign. No, uh-huh. no, no. Uh-huh. No, 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 no. no. Uh-huh. Krob, like Wes said, Vanderplas. On BVP. The BVP. On the other side of the sign. What did Ben Vanderplas do on Tuesday night? You know, he might have just dropped the fourth triple-double in Ohio University men's basketball program history. The oh, cleanest oh. triple-double of all time. 10, 10, 10. 10, 10 symmetrical, 10. people. 10. With Jason oh. Preston in the building. And you know what? With around four minutes left, Coach Bowles was doing his subs. It was looking like Schmock was going to stay in the game. We were BVP, up about 30. BVP was coming out. But 
BVP sits back down in those timeout seats. Everyone knows BVP's coming back in. And let me tell you, he was close to getting subbed out, too. He was one assist away. One assist away. He stays in. He gets it. He dished a beautiful pass to Sam Towns beautiful. for the layup. 6-1. Beautiful. Shout out Sam Towns. 6-1-4. Beautiful pass. Sam Towns finishes the layup. Boom. 10 assists. 10 assists. And you could tell the whole team just wanted him to get that triple-double. The whole stadium wanted him to get it. Because let me tell you, right when it happened and they subbed him out, BVP. Yeah. BVP. Lots of applause. It was beautiful to see. It was. And you know what? A guy who has that sort of fan support, how does he not come back for another year? You know what I mean? They asked Uh, him the other day. He said, we'll see. If that doesn't sound like a yes to me, I don't know what does. You got to come back to run the table. You have to. Maybe. Just an idea. And you know what? I don't want to seem like the biggest fanboys in the world, but you know what? I would say our connections with the OU men's basketball team are heating up a little bit. I would agree. (laughs) I I would have have to say we we do maybe have the uh, inside scoop. I don't know. I don't even want to talk about connections. We I just think our team. notoriety. Do you know how many times we're on the television? Oh, We yeah. have the team behind the team. Oh, yeah. That's and eventually we will. Scoop. That's true. That's true. And I'll say one thing. You know, I know Wes wants to get Tommy Schmock on the podcast here shortly. Big time. That would be dope. I'll say this. One thing, you know, we introduced Twitch with Tim's live stream. We heard Crawdaddy say it. Ben Vanderplas, huge gamer. Yeah. I would love to do a little bench press media Ben Vanderplas collab. Maybe Ben and I run some duos. Maybe Crab Hop song. We run trios. I'm just saying it would be electric. You know, we'd probably want to invest in a webcam. But you know what? I think that'd be a great sort of, you know, almost like an interview, just like a collab. I, you know? Yeah. You know those videos they make a BVP on Yik Yak? Yes. Mm-hmm. Why can't we be on Yik Yak with them? Like, why Max. can't they bring us in? True. I don't th- think anyone talks about us on no. Yik Yak. Uh, they don't have to talk about us. We could just provide <laughs> Those our opinion. kids with a sign. We, B- yeah. BVP probably cranks 90s on Fortnite. That's just probably a fact. Dude, he's just upper echelon of what he does in life. Exactly. To have that much control over like an entire school, like when you hear the three letters BVP, the whole school just knows exactly who that Sheesh, is. Sheesh, guys, let's get up off our knees and I'm continue just saying, this him, and Press, him and Jay Press, <laughs> him and Jay Press, and royalty. Like let's I watch, get up I watch off our knees. I watch 95 people come up to close Jay our mouths and, and move letter, on. Three letters <laughs> can control an entire university. That's crazy to think about, guys. That's gonna be Casey Crawford next year. <laughs> That's yeah, crawl daddy next yeah, two, year. two syllables. That's cr- gonna be three Tommy syllables. Crawl daddy next week. TS twenty two. Yeah, remember yeah. the name. I'll tell you what. We keep if we go on a run and Tommy Schmock keeps this performance up. NBA bound. <laughs> oh no! Come on, hey, you don't know. Tim, you, you have no room know. to talk. Hater, Jason yeah, Carter played bully Jason ball Carter. yesterday. He played bully ball yesterday. How many points did Jason Carter finish? With? I don't know, but he had a couple and ones. If you were there, you would have known. Yeah. Tim. Oh, you shots fired. You would have hey. known. Would have known. But. OU is not the only team playing college basketball right now. We know that. There's a lot. I think 300. <laughs> I think 358. Yeah, 357. Playing. You know what? Whatever. Close enough. Whatever. I know who the worst team is. <laughs> IUPUI. Nope. Uey Pooey's not the worst. <laughs> really? Yeah, they're cooking a little. They bit. They got to win the other night. <laughs> but 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 but. Under still hit too. There's crazy. only one way to start off the rest of college basketball talk, and that's with Wes Minky's top five oh, list. Yeah. It's something everyone looks forward to so much. 
This is actually our second one of the week, so I'm yeah, interested to see. Not a lot of change. I'm interested to see what moved because Wes did inform us that there was movement. He didn't tell us what exactly, but he said, Bennett, we got to do it. We've got movement in the list, and that's always breaking news oh, at Bench Press Media. Let's so. not be naive. We know what the movement is. I, I'm I'm still in shock, I think. Go ahead and tell people. Okay, we're going to go 5-1 to one this time. Oh. Okay, reverse no, order. No, he's, bu- he's building the suspense. Yeah, reverse order. Uh, number 5, still Keegan Murray. Not a lot of change in this top 5 list. Keegan Murray uh, did it to the Michigan State Spartans. Haven't yeah. watched a lot of college basketball uh, outside of Ohio University. So Keegan Murray stays at number 5. Jaden Ivey stays at number 4. Oscar Shibway drops a spot to number three. three. Demoted. Okay. Wow. All right. Let us know when we need the drum three. roll going. EJ Liddell drops wow. number two. There's two droppers? So who could be number one, you ask? There's only one correct answer coming. It's Tommy Schmock, the flamethrower. Yeah. Well deserved. Dude is a walking bucket. Absolutely well deserved. deserved. You know what I'd say? I think, you know what, we had a great sign. It got on Ohio University Twitter, got on Jason Carter's story, Tommy Schmock's story. ESPN broadcast. ESPN, ESPN broadcast. Like, I, we could go on and on. On and on and on. We don't, but we don't like to brag here. We don't. There's only one thing that could come from us that could be bad. If we got complacent. If we just said, you know what, there's nothing better we can do as far as sign. Obviously, that sign's coming back to the convo on Friday. To. But dare I say, we step up our game and get another one rolling. Maybe I'm so there. a little Josh McDaniel crawdaddy, crawdaddy combo. Hey-o. And you know what? We got to get player of the year in the Mac Mark Sears involved somehow, we do. too. So, you know what? We are four extremely creative minds, I would say. I, I would have to say, I think if we get the exact same board, we'll have two sides. And mm-hmm. I mean, let's just hope Maddie Saunders has free time. Let's just say we got a lot of creativity. You're right. You're right. We'll get on that. Crab, let's go to your Duke Blue Devils, okay? Mm-hmm. What are you making of this team? You know, obviously, tonight when we're filming, they're going to be at Virginia. That's not a place you love to play at, but it seems like the ACC is theirs to lose. Yeah, no, it's theirs to lose. The The national championships, in it's within reach. You know, they meet the Kempom requirements. Top 20 in offensive efficiency, top 25 in defensive efficiency. Um, you know, that puts them in a select group of people that can really contend for the championship. I'm just sad, man. I'm just sad. Why are you sad? You just count Coach, your days. Coach K's days are coming down. It's just sad. It's hard to be excited when you know what's coming. Like the days of his life or like his job? His career. Oh, okay. When's his last game? Date? Well, it depends uh, on his, March. His, or last home game, sorry. March 5th uh, against <laughs> UNC. That is ticket, yeah, cheapest tickets, $3,000. This room, two, <laughs> two of the four people in this room will be crying on that night. So who's who are Rick Nash, oh, Jersey retired. We didn't need to go oh, there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Coach, I, you, I can't you wait saying... to go to Pittsburgh. Boots on the ground. Yeah, it's gonna be nice for Coach K's percent. last away game. And you can yell at Jeff Capel for leaving. No, I love Jeff Capel. Never yelled. It's almost poetic that Coach K's last away game is against Jeff Capel because he was who everyone thought would be the uh, the successor. Hey, thanks for asking, Wes. March fifth. I think I'm gonna be in the car. All day driving to spring break, but that oh, that's not interesting. Big time golf trip. That's yeah. extremely interesting. Yeah. Me and all. Uh, you got to keep us updated on how the golf trip goes. Yeah. we got to know how the swings looking. Maybe Bill and I do a little vlog. Eh? Maybe we get a little higher next year in the uh, golf run, golf tournament. Uh, yeah. Maybe we, maybe ben we finish and I were top three. About that. Maybe we yeah. win a shirt next time. Hey, don't disrespect the man. Hey, the caddy could do all he could. Yeah, I actually rode in the same cart as the winner, so maybe I was just good luck and I was out of the car for, yeah. or out of the cart too long. Dick. Hey, eh, but Krab, you know what? Even though Coach K's days are coming to an end, it really doesn't matter in the regular season. 
Because no. his days, you know what? They could go as far as to the national championship. April 4th, that's where his days will go to. You know, he's going to get two thousand or uh, 1,200 career wins here soon. He's, he's getting real close. I believe uh, if we win out, he's like three games away, which just means... He's got to come back for one more year. No, which just means when we cut down the nets as we win the ACC title, he also wins 1,200. Those still count. Okay, congrats it's to him. It's career congrats wins. He'll, he'll get it pretty easily. You, and then we got to hope that the committee figures their shit out. Yeah. I, I'm trying not to be too harsh and cuss all over the place, but it's asinine what the committee's doing right now. They released their top 16 it seeds. It was bad. Baylor Real was bad. the top two seed. They survived against Oklahoma State. They're probably going to move up to a one seed just because that's how it seems how the brain works there. You know, they lost to Texas Tech twice, both times this year. Texas Tech's a three. Kentucky beat Kansas by about 50 points. Kansas is a one. Kentucky's a two. Uh, Duke beat Kentucky on a neutral floor. Kentucky not saying that they're like, that they both shouldn't be one or two seeds, but Kentucky on the top shelf of the two seeds, Duke on the bottom shelf mm. of the two seeds. Uh, Villanova has lost to some teams above and below that have wide margins between them. UConn is a good one. They just won the other night. UConn upset Villanova. UConn, I believe, is low-seeded when they shouldn't be. They just need to figure it out. There's no consistency in how they decide this, and You're it's right. ridiculous. You're right, and you mentioned Ken Palm with Duke. My Kentucky Wildcats also fall under those same categories mm-hmm. that make them contenders, but... It's a. It went from about eleven contenders to I think six. Yep. Yeah. Recently, like but, Alabama, Illinois, those teams are falling out of contention. Mm-hmm. But with Kentucky, they're a little banged up right now. Xavier Wheeler and Ty Ty Washington both could possibly miss the remainder of the regular season. It's tough, but you know what? We saw a very resilient bunch when they played at home against Alabama. Kellen Grady stepped into the point guard, which I mean, I don't think anyone really saw coming. I mean, even Jacob Toppin took the ball up the floor sometimes. So, I mean, it's going to be very interesting. I think they played like a combined 11 bench minutes in that game. It's going to be interesting to see if Wheeler and Washington stay out for the rest of the regular season, if they can go into a place like Arkansas and win, which is where they head to on Saturday. They've got LSU at home tonight on a Wednesday. So, you know what? If they can win out the regular season, that'd be great for extra wins. If they drop a game or two, I don't really think it matters too much. Because at the end of the day, as long as they get to the SEC championship, we're expecting to run into Auburn. If any, if everyone's healthy for that game, no matter if they drop one or two games before the end of the regular season, if they win that game against Auburn in the SEC championship game, my belief is that they will get a one seed. I completely agree. I mean, if they beat Arkansas without those guys and they make a run to and beat Auburn, absolutely they're a one seed. They could in obviously Gonzaga at this point, um, barring a major upset there, is probably going to come through with a number one overall seed. Even still, they're the number one overall seed, I think. Yeah. So. Which is, that's what happens when you play high school teams. I was say that's what happens when you play uh, San Francisco fifty times a year. Well, San Francisco's good team. Let's not pick and let's not pick a tournament team to disrespect. Let's talk about like maybe Pacific or or Pepperdine, Pepperdine, Pepperdine San Diego, yeah, San Diego. WCC a lot lot better this year. I will give Gonzaga credit where it's due. They played some good ranked teams in the regular season. They did lose to two of like the four that they played. Yeah. But the WCC is better. They should have four tournament teams. Go them. It's better than the ACC. Hey, I like rooting for teams like San Francisco and BYU to play well. Makes things interesting. It does. does. Tim, one team flustering a little bit, the Xavier Musketeers. Yeah. uh, Xavier is definitely falling. Uh, this is Travis Steele's fifth year at the helm. Every single year he has been head coach 
towards the second half of the year, we've had a stretch where we go like three and six, two and eight, something like that, where we flounder after starting pretty well. For five or six weeks, Xavier was ranked consistently from like 18 to 25, right around there, like 22 for a while. Losing games we shouldn't be losing. Paul Scruggs has been non-existent. Jack Nungy is like the only consistent player recently, only thing really making this team go. Uh, Nate Johnson has been hurt, one of the best three-point shooters in the country. He's been hurt, not great. Uh, I don't like the rotations recently. I don't like. I love Dwan Odom, but there's just not enough shooting unless we start Adam Kunkel. We got a huge game tonight at the dunk against Providence. If Xavier can win this game at Providence, I would say they're in. Nothing really to worry about. As long as you take care of business against Georgetown, you could lose at St. John's if you beat Providence tonight and still probably be in as long as you beat Georgetown. So a lot of pressure there, but I do think that if the rotations are all right, it's going to be a much better game. Okay, well, we're going to see with Xavier because Max was on here the other day. He was, and, and he, he dropped some some hot truths. He did. He said the same thing, you know, if – Xavier doesn't win some of these key games. They're in trouble. They will move to the bubble. Absolutely. And Tim, let's say Xavier misses. Steel's gone. Okay. You knew what I was going to ask already. Yep. Xavier it's, misses. March Madness, Steel's yeah, gone. You, Xavier has. Rebuild. I, I can't remember the last time Xavier has missed the tournament this many years in a row. They've been, and since like 2000, they've been in the tournament like 18 out of mm-hmm. 20 something times. Like Very they, solid, consistent group. Exactly. Wes, let's go over to the Buckeyes. Yeah, buddy. Holding on to the top 25. Yeah, Big Ten's tough. It is a tough conference. I'll give you that. But instead of focusing on the team, let's focus on one player, and it's not even going to be EJ Liddell. It's going to be Malachi Branham showing up in the front end of the second round in some NBA mock drafts. Is he a guy who you see leaving after this season? I don't because I don't think it's the right move for him. Um like I was telling you guys off air, I think he can be a guy that turns into a DeMar DeRozan type guy where really, really solid from mid-range, three-point shots still developing. Um, he's not like he's not a point guard, so he's not going to handle the ball every play. He's really good off ball. I think he's a player that can use more college years, can use more experience against these guys to build to then I think next year he could be a first-round guy in the NBA. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, I don't think it's the right move for him yet to leave for the draft. I think another year under Chris Holtman and playing with a lot of skill at Ohio State would be good for him. I see him a little bit like an Evan Turner maybe play style. Okay. If you're yeah. if we're not going – if we're going just Ohio State guys, yeah. I could I see a little bit of Evan Turner. I'm I think he's more add. of a true guard than Evan Turner is. But you have to keep in mind, I agree with Wes, I think he needs more years. He was the, I believe, 32nd ranked recruit in the country coming out of high school. Really great player. Really great player, but I think it was a bit uh, overachieving this year because he wasn't supposed to play this much. He started the year coming off the bench. Justice Suing and Seth Towns haven't played, and they were two huge pieces of their rotation that would take minutes away from where Branham's been playing. But I, I do think he's a very good defender for a freshman in college basketball. He's highly athletic, and that mid range is in interesting and unique tool that not a lot of people have in their game nowadays he develops that three-point jumper he's been really good off the dribble this year and if that passing comes off of that and people are focusing on him more as a scorer i think he has such a high ceiling i was gonna say with that uh you talk about guys he took minutes from a lot of people expected this to be like a breakout year for justin arns like three-point wise like 
define himself as one of the better three-point shooters in the country. He we we talked about this a lot off Eric Rob. He lost a lot of minutes this year. Like you're reading his minutes from this like it's beginning of the year from like now. 30 minutes a game to he had he plays eight like eight the yeah. other night. Like he's not getting minutes at all. And if it is, it's spot minutes to get Branham like some rest or guys like that. But like you guys were also saying, suing and set towns expect to be like big parts of the rotation. Ohio State have been hurt all year, have not played. So like Branham stepping up was huge for Ohio State, staying competitive in the Big Ten. But I think without him next year, Ohio State is vastly worse. Yeah, he's a guy where if he comes back, I could see him being, you know, the Johnny Davises, the Keegan Murrays, the EJ yeah. Liddells, where he's instantly in Big Ten Player of the Year consideration. If he, he dropped like what thirty six at one, like uh, one of their oh, games, yeah, oh, he's a stud. Like yeah. he, he has games mm-hmm. where he'll just go crazy, mm-hmm. and like you yeah. want the ball in his hands every Very single good time. Player. And he could make more money in NIL in Columbus than he could as a second round draft pick. So mm, very good. Player. No way. Absolutely, maybe not. not. At maybe Ohio, Ohio State, State. there's I, no way Branham's making a million. Not Ohio here. State basketball. If you're yeah, a but yeah, but like else. like the the like a, a contract a second rounder signing a front rounds or front end second rounders signing for like eight hundred and nine hundred. Yeah, but front round is like top six like picks in the second top round. 11, or really, I, I mean, I'm going. Top I wouldn't 10. consider forty Anyways, to forty five yeah. top round. He's in the front half of the second round. Yeah, yeah. but uh-huh. still, you're how making, many players in the forty to the forty five are you saying are like? becoming good like you're considering front half as like the guys that are borderline first round picks let's compare it this way she if he comes back it's going to make a lot of money because he's be the best player in college basketball again if brandon comes back he's not the best player in college basketball right away he nor can develop is, he can develop doesn't, to be one of the better players it doesn't necessarily have to be the best player in college basketball it's the it has, market right and ohio saying, state has a market because it's in columbus look at jack sawyer it. before jack sawyer stepped on the field for ohio state basketball look when you or ohio state football play. he had a custom truck from a car dealership and he had three other nil deals before he stepped on the field and played a snap just by being enrolled early i don't think it has anything to do with the market because there is estimations of guys like Bronny james making five million nil when he comes to it it has to do with the market and the small businesses that are around because it's not all necessarily the exact money but it could be just perks of a certain company working with you right but we're also comparing ohio state football to ohio state basketball which just i mean it's not they're not the same. Ohio I get State it. Ba- but Ohio State basketball is not the pole that Ohio State basketball is. I get it, but is. the point I just made with Jack Sawyer, all of his NIL deals he had before playing right. were local companies. It doesn't have to do with the national yeah, scale. Yeah, it just has to do with the city deal. you're in I get it. and all I that. I get it. I'm just saying I don't think that he has the national and like focus of Ohio State basketball. Like Joey Baker made a bunch of money on an NIL deal to be one of the lead faces of the Bojangles college athlete face. I get he plays for Duke basketball, and that's a big scale, but he is a he is a bench like piece. The, he like is a rotational piece. I think Zed Key like would still get more NIL from local than Branham would. One thing with Sheway at Kentucky, Kentucky basketball is what Ohio State football is. Yeah, Everyone's going to get paid more for the bigger program. So a guy like Malachi Branham is going to be competing with, name any big-time Ohio State football player you want. And I guarantee Branham will make less. Yeah, I mean like JT Tamaleo. Defensive tackle. No one knows his name. Still makes more money. I was gonna I say more like Mayon Williams, Travion okay. Henderson, C.J. Yeah. Stroud. But you get Jackson, the point. Jackson Smith and exactly. Fleming. He's not gonna this make as on. much money as them because NII partners are gonna want to get them. And one guy I want to bring up second round contract example of what it is right now. I pulled up Iota Sumo's contract. Went 38th, so I guess three in front of what Braham's projected right now. Iota Sumo signed a two-year deal. 200 or 2.5 million dollars involved which is 1.2 mil annually and had a 2.5 million dollar signing bonus when he signed that check so there is does it say what's 
what is uh like able to be taken off if they needed to the GM. Well, regardless, the two point five. I know. I'm I'm thinking if they put a lot of that into signing bonus, a lot of money into a signing bonus, they could necessarily so like what's mess with. There's no real guaranteed money. Well, no. When it comes to the NBA contract, what's like his signing bonus? Yeah. Yeah, because you get that. I'm talking about Uh they put two point five into a signing bonus. So I wonder what in his actual deal is. Oh, potentially, but, but either way, with the new cap fanatics that everything is able to do. But either way, I think that yeah. Mark still makes him more money than yeah. At but you Ohio also State by it's you also have triple to, to quadruple what he'll make. You Ohio also State. have oh, to yeah. think this is a kid who went to St. V. It's a that's a decent school nowadays. Like it's, it's not a like, bronze school. Yeah, it's <laughs> a it's a nice school nowadays. He goes to Ohio State. You also have to keep in mind your career. Like yes, it would be nice to make money going as a second round pick. But why not stay two years, become a first-round pick, and have a better shot at having a longer-lasting oh, NBA I career? I agree. He should come yeah. back to school 100%. I, could also say I am this. just not in on the argument at all that he'll make more money I could also back. say this. The factor of him being like a Columbus kid before coming to college could play a role in him making more money in Columbus like rather than like going out of state and play somewhere mm-hmm. like, like he grew up in Columbus. He plays now for Ohio State. Like That's his team. Yeah, you know what I mean? I just don't get that the money. That could play a factor. I don't, I don't get the money argument at I just don't think point. he makes. I don't in, think he makes in, more. Unless you're a... Unless you're a guy whose family needs the money, mm-hmm. I, the money argument should not matter. Because if you're in a position where you can have a long career in the professional league and make money f- during that long career, who cares the money you're right. making right That's now? That's what yeah. I'm going to say. I think he sets himself Unless up to make more. Unless you were in a family that absolutely needed the money. I think he sets himself up to make more if he comes back. Absolutely. I think, his, I think he's a first-round guy, like I said. If he stays another year, I think his sophomore year, he's a first-round guy. 100%. 100% yeah. he'll go first-round yeah. if he comes his, back. His net gains will be a lot. Which just makes, I mean... Like you just said, a second second rounder's contract, like first rounder's contract, you're at least guaranteed to make more money because you're a first round. He's going to run away with Big oh. Ten freshman of the year. He could be a first yeah. team All Big Ten next year. Uh-huh. Like, if he went, if he went lottery, signing bonus would be in the five million dollar range. Yeah. Probably make around five. So that's what I'm saying. Like you're already setting yourself up to make a lot more yeah. for a lot longer. Uh-huh. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So here, the, if he was the lowest uh, lottery pick for from for next year's draft, he would be making in his first year three million dollars at getting picked 14th and that's already almost yeah 75 percent of what exactly last if he was the last pick he'd be making 1.6 million his first year by his third year he'd be making 1.8 so if he's a first round pick after a sophomore year, he's going to make so much more money than he would well those contracts the reason to sumo's listed as a two-year contract is because they're all restricted free agents yes. that have team options so mm-hmm. uh they can get trapped in contracts or if it's a guy like booker you look at fox uh, some of the other guys who have signed super max contracts, that's obviously where the team has room to growth there. But, yes, I agree. Branham should be back, well, and he could be a very, yeah. very good player. It's easy for guys like that because early picks have five years on a contract, whereas a guy like DeSumo only has two. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you're able to put an extension and say, hey, we're going to give you a super max extension. It's not going to kick in until 2028 yep. after your fifth year. Like, exactly. It's very exactly. Easy. So I want to wrap up college basketball talk by not predicting a national champion. I think it's a little bit too early for that. We don't even have a bracket yet. But I do. Let's give out a oh, final. We're definitely going to do that. We're definitely going to do like our entire brackets. Yeah, we will. Oh, yeah. that's absolutely. Gonna that's going to be fun. Let's do a final four prediction right now. Four teams. Doesn't matter where they are seated right now. Screw Joe Lombardi. Or Lenardi. Lenardi. I mean, said Lombardi. Uh, <laughs> Joe Lombardi. Lombardi. Yep. I like it. Screw him. We are just naming four teams that we could see in the final four. I will start. Obviously. I'm going to have my Kentucky Wildcats in there. 
they're going to make a run. This is the most complete team they've had in a very long time. And I really do see Kentucky making it all the way to the Final Four this year. My next team, Crop, you're going to like this. I've got the Duke Blue Devils making it to a Final Four. I believe in them. They've had a couple rough patches throughout their season, a couple tough losses that they should not have lost. The one I look at in specifics is the Virginia game at home. That was a tough one. But there's something about Coach K's final season that is just poetic. You know, you don't want to use the term team of destiny because we've said it so many times on here. But this Duke team could be a team of destiny. And as much as I hate Duke and I hate Coach K, it would be kind of poetic if they cut down the nets this year. My next team is a team who I believe is the best team in the Big Ten. And they might have the best offense in the country. It's Purdue. Um, at the end of the day, people can say defense wins championships. And if you believe in that, you're not going to have Purdue in your Final Four because they are not a great defensive team at all. But... I think Purdue has the best player in the Big Ten. They've got two bigs who are very, very good. Jaden Ivey, like I said, best player in the Big Ten. I believe in him incredibly. And I think Purdue has the firepower to outscore basically every single team in college basketball, except maybe you can look at Arizona or Gonzaga um, and get them in consideration. But, yes, I like Purdue to make the Final Four. My final team is my favorite team out of the Big 12. And it's a team who is a polar opposite of Purdue. And I would love to see them to square off. It's the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Interesting. Texas Tech is the best defensive team in the country. I don't know if their stats prove it, but the eye test sure does. Because every time I watch them, they put on the absolute clamps. I am in on Texas Tech making a revenge tour. Maybe they don't run into Texas on the way, but I think it would be a nice middle finger to Chris Beard if they go and make the Final Four this year. Those are my four teams. Krav, let's go to you next. I hate that you went first. Give me two. Three of my four teams. They're going to make the Final Four because they're going to get put in the West in Gonzaga's division, and I can't wait to walk right into the Elite Eight and beat the piss out of Chet Holmgren again. Uh, Kentucky's my second team. You said it. That's the most complete team. If, as long as they're healthy, they should go to the Final Four no matter the bracket. My third team is Texas Tech because they have the experience of being in the tournament. They have a guy like Kevin O'Banner who went to the Sweet 16 last year on a Cinderella mid-major team. Low, not even mid-major, low-major team mm -hmm. who knows what it's like to play in these moments. They have a great coach that got hired after Chris Beard and, like you said, would be such a middle finger to Chris Beard to make it to the Final Four after he leaves. And he took them to a national championship. My fourth team, and I hate doing this because I'm not really picking any lower seeds, it's Arizona. They don't get talked about enough. They have great people. They have Christian Coloco. They have Benedict Mathurin. They have great players that have taken over this program after the exit of Sean Miller, and they are one of the best teams, if not the most complete team in the country. They don't get talked about enough. They have taken down the heavyweights in the Pac-12. They have beaten the UCLAs. They have beaten the USCs. They've beaten some good teams out west, and you know they're not going to get to play out west in the NCAA tournament, and I think that's going to help them having to go play in a in a uh, region like the South or something that's not close to their home because then they're not going to feel like they have that home court advantage and they're going to be hungry and they're going to fight. The only reason Arizona's off my list, they're very close, is because I, do, I just don't know if I buy the competition in the Pac-12. I... They don't pass the eye test for me. I don't get to watch very many of their games. I don't think the defense is great. Like we said, I've been saying it all season. I'm out on UCLA. I have been. I think they made a great run last year. I've never been sold that they're one of the best teams in the country. The Pac-12 is very top-heavy. They've got teams like Oregon State in there who are literally one of the worst teams in college basketball. So, you know what? Maybe Arizona does go and make a run, but I'm picking conference competition over 
you know, just general wins, and that's the only reason Arizona's off my list. But I agree with you. They can score with anyone, and they're very They complete. have great talent, and they play a very pace-controlled game that when it comes down to it, if they can control games in the tournament, mm-hmm. I think they're going to win them, and I think that's the, ty- the style of basketball that they do play. Let's go to Wes. Uh, I'm going to follow your guys' footsteps here. I'm going to go Duke, obviously, Kentucky, obviously, Purdue, as you said, obviously. I think they're one of the best teams in the country. And my off-the-ball pick, random pick, Iowa. They have scoring. All right. They can they can score if they're hot. They can score with anybody shooting-wise. They can shoot from outside the arc. They can score inside. They got one of the best players in the country in Keegan Murray. Aaron Eulis. Oh. <laughs> okay. There it is. Good try. Uh, they got his brother, too. They got the McCaffrey bros. Like, it's a family business. Dude, it's a family business. They're going to find a way. And they got Jordan way. Bohannon. He'll find something to complain about on Twitter, I'm sure. Oh, he's but like very I'm good saying, at that. Like, legitimately, they can go on a run. And I hate him. <laughs> they, made a, they made a point about it in the Ohio State-Iowa uh, game. They said Iowa's one of those teams where if they get hot at the right time, they can make a run. And I think they're currently a seven seed in Joe Lenardi's bracketology. Why not make a run? I wouldn't want to run into him. As a two seed who would maybe get that in the second round, I would be pissed off. That'd be scary. Very pissed off. Uh, I don't think I was going to fall to a seven. I think they'll end up Uh, getting a six. The Midwest Midwest right now and Joe Lenardi, the two seed they'd be playing in will be Kentucky. I think you mean Joe Lombardi, but, you know, it's Lenardi. Okay. Let's go to Tim. All right. uh, I got Arizona. I think they're the best team in the country right now. They're playing like the best team in the country. Coloco and Mathurin are a dynamic duo. Uh, Tommy Lloyd should be... I don't care about Ed Cooley. Tommy Lloyd should be the uh, uh, coach of the year, Tim. taking a team that was nowhere near the tournament to to a number one seed. Uh, my second team, I'm going to say, is going to be Villanova. They have the best coach in the country. He's been there before. He's done it before. He It is a factory at Villanova. Uh, I'm going to go with Kentucky. They have the most complete team. Oscar Shibway is the, the best player in the country. If Kellen Grady is hot, no one can stop him. If Ty Ty Washington and Kellen Grady are hot at the same time, you might as well just walk out the gym. Fourth team is Duke. In terms of pure talent, no one can trump them. If Paolo Bancaro can play the way we know he can, they're going to be scary. You got Trevor Keels, who's a monster on defense. You got Mark Williams down low, who just dominates the block and rebounds. And Wendell Moore is that veteran leadership you need. Those are my four teams. All of them have something in common, and that's a great coach. And I don't think it's necessarily all even in common. If you look at the best teams in college basketball this year, I think the one common thing, they all have a really good and very important big man. Gonzaga yeah, has Holmgren and, Le- and, and Timmy. Yeah. Arizona has Coloco, who might be, and this hurts me to say because I love Mark Rose, might be the best rim protector that college basketball has seen in a long time. I'm going with the number three ranked team in the country in Auburn and Walker Kessler. Walker Kessler's a great did he do it last year, though? No, no he, he didn't. didn't. He's, he's just doing five it now. Blocks a game, he, it's incredible, mm-hmm. and I've watched it. He's had triple-doubles with blocks. Yep. I think it's great, but he has not done it consistently. But it's a great point. Auburn has him, and even Jabari Smith is a lanky guy. Kentucky has Shibway. Duke has Williams and Bancaro. Purdue has Ide and Travion Williams. Yep. It's the best teams in the country have this strong big man, and that's why I think that's why these teams are up top. But I'm really glad that we all fucked over Gonzaga. They I can like kiss my well. ass. I'm a little worried we all 8-0'd Duke and Kentucky. I don't in the think Final that's four. too strong because those are probably the two most talented teams from top to bottom roster wise. And that I think true. that's I don't think that has to do with how they're playing right now, because if it was, I wouldn't be too confident in picking either of them because they're not playing their best basketball. Forgetting right about the Bobbies. But they're one of the best they're two of the most talented teams. I love Texas Tech because they're just playing their best basketball right now. I that's a sleeper national title pick for me. Crab, I love it. Carl, I'll tell you this right now. 
I love our friendship, but there's no doubt in my mind if Kentucky and Duke play in the national championship, speaking, it's yeah. going to be over. Yeah, uh, and this West season will end the same way you. it started. Oh, you think so? No, I'm going to mm. let him fight. Uh, I'm going to let it rock, dude. Let him go. Yeah. Maybe we just shouldn't watch. Yeah, you guys should go out. No, you know what? Like I can honestly see if Kentucky lost that game after you know the Bengals lose the Super Bowl, if Kentucky you would lost have the, the worst sports year of your life. I could see myself taking a nice little stroll across the river over there, having to call my dad <laughs> almost in tears. A la Ohio State Oral Roberts 2020. It's happened before. It would be the worst sporting year of your entire life. I'm I don't, so ready to get I don't hurt. think that's yeah, the are. worst sporting year. It no, has the lowest lows, but the, it has the, the lowest lows, but he still has two teams make it to the championship. Die. Yeah, I mean, even okay, because okay, the, and the Suns don't way. count this would year. You rather I was about have, to say, not to mention the Suns last year. That'd be yeah. three straight would you rather have? Would you rather have your teams make it to the championship, all of them, and lose, or none yes. of them make it? I would, if I, like the Bengals, I'm pretty sure I can answer for Bennett that he'd much rather them make it to the Super Bowl and lose than have I'm another two and 14 one, season. I'm not saying one team. Yeah, if you tell I, me the I would much rather, the Super Bowl every year and lose. If you're going I'm into cool the that. NCAA tournament, I would say that I have enjoyed years. I enjoyed the year when Duke got screwed by Kansas in the Elite Eight more than the year that they lost to CJ McCollum and Lehigh in the first round. Now, granted, was that team very good? No. And CJ McCollum was a lottery pick for a reason. But you don't like to see your team lose early. No, you don't. You want to see him go far. All of your teams lose in the championship. I mean, I think you would hate the sporting year. I have cried one time due to a sporting event, and it was the year Kentucky's dream season was ended by Wisconsin. I did not cry after the Super Bowl loss. I would have cried if they won. Fair. But I will tell you this right now. If the Suns lose in the finals, the Bengals lose in the Super Bowl, and Kentucky loses in anywhere after the Final Four, including the national championship, I will cry. I will post a picture on Instagram, on the media account. Everyone can clown me because, you know what, I just don't care. I, I, I cried during that same March Madness. Yeah, because yeah, oh, wow. you were fucking cutting down nets. And I yeah, it was yeah. the second one I'd seen in my life. Yeah, and it was great. I mean, like going to Xavier, I didn't when they were a one seed and they lost to a game winner against of uh, Bronze and Koenig. Like I liked it a lot more the year before when they were an eleven seed and made the Elite Eight. So like, yeah, Tim, I need to apologize live on the podcast. The year that Xavier lost in the second round as a one seed, I totally picked that right in my hey, bracket. Man, hey man, I don't blame you. It was a very popular bracket pick. Before we wrap up this episode, let's get into some bench press media news. Wes, we obviously have a new episode of Around the Rink Out this Indeed. week, and I think it's focusing on the Jackets hot streak and Patrick Line. It is. It is a uh, it's a fun episode to say the least. Um, I'm quite excited about Patrick Line. Uh, hopefully, a contract extension. Um, yeah, he's he's been an MVP this uh, past five games for the Jackets. So ten games, honestly. Yeah. Eight and two in their last ten. That's impressive by the Jackets. Tim, you've got a new show coming out with your brother John Way Conway. Yeah, the racing line drops Friday. Uh, talking all about Formula One. Today was actually the first day of uh, preseason winter testing, so season's getting going. First race is in March, late March, March 18th, I believe, is the first practice day. So, a lot going on there. Going to be really exciting. Uh, it'll. Once race weekend start, it'll be coming out on Mondays, but until then, it'll be coming out Fridays. There you go. And you know what? While you guys are recording those podcasts, Krob, what are we doing? Just cuddling? Snuggling? We've been putting in work behind the scenes, my friend. You're right. We're behind the scenes, guys. We're we're the guy who holds the camera in the corner. We're, you guys are the team. You guys are the <laughs> oh, team behind God. the team. He's, well, you're holding the camera. Krob's holding the flashlight, right? No, Krob's camera. Oh, Who's the mic guy? <laughs> Actually, Tim, when we took your headshot, I held the camera. That is ben true. Ben, that flashlight. is true. I was flashlight guy. Damn it. All right. <laughs> You guys want to get, all right. get up in there. Well, this has been another episode of the Bench Didn't Press Podcast. That. We can't thank you guys enough for listening. <laughs> Tim, love you guys.